BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. I, I try to make every Friday Red Friday. I mean, in April, I have Red Fridays. Uh, but uh, two parties. It, to me, it's not. It's a first world problem, okay? It's a first world problem. We're, we're moaning about Red Friday. Hey, have two Red Fridays and, and party down. Really, in my other life, I want to do traffic in the morning. Uh, so this is a big moment for me. I just got to tell you, I'm a, I'm a little overwhelmed. All right. You ready? Let's go. From Fox 4 News in Kansas City. Are we rolling? Are we on? Hello. I'm Nick Vassos. <laughs> this is Signal Hill. Our guest today is the pride of Smith Center, Kansas, near the geological center of the United States. A cow town, flyover country, some say middle of nowhere. Does it sound like a description of Kansas City? Well, if that sounds like something an outsider would say, you might ask the longest tenured, most decorated play-by-play voice of the Chiefs, and he might tell you it's in the middle of everything. In his 25th year as the voice of the Chiefs, it is Mitch Holt. It's great to have you here on Signal Hill, Mitch. Nick, it's awesome to be here. Really, in my other life, I want to do traffic in the mornings. Uh, so this is a big moment for me. I just got to tell you, I'm a, I'm a little overwhelmed. Uh, you probably didn't have to do traffic when you started broadcasting back at Smith Center, right? You were no. doing some games back then, right? Yeah, I did. I, so growing up on a farm, uh, you have to use your imagination as a kid. You do a lot of work, too. But uh, So I would do the games. I would play the game myself and then broadcast it as I played it. I had a really weird childhood that and the paint chips kind of <laughs> made it really rough uh, but then as a small school you participate in athletics and forensics and think how do I put all this together maybe I can be a sportscaster uh, but there was a small radio station 25 miles from our family farm where a guy mentored me and basically got me started when I was in high school wow uh, did you jump right in or did you was it something that you were maybe nudged in or thought you'd dip your toe in it and check it out or how did that all start for you? Well, first of all, I had no idea what I was doing, right? My dad was a farmer, uh, and my mom was a surgical aide, so I had no clue. Like, my granddad was in it, or grandma didn't own 10 radio stations. So I say I kind of just walked in and just started swinging the, swinging the stick. Uh, but then I went through a couple things, went off the rails, went to K-State, <laughs> and thought, well, maybe I ought to be an attorney. So I law clerked for two years, got accepted to three law schools, and go, nah, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> so, uh, but always along, uh, I'd been broadcasting in, in sports, and, and really to do play-by-play uh, in athletics, there's really nothing like it. And quite honestly, Nick, it's the closest thing to either playing, officiating, or coaching, because you can prepare, but you cannot rehearse. There's no teleprompter. It has to be extemporaneous, and you have to – What's in front of you, you have to describe it, and it's pretty much a rush. Oh, it's, it's, it's awesome. You're one of the most accomplished uh, in America right now. I'm I wondering, we're all excited as fans. I know the players are getting excited. they got the last preseason game coming up on Thursday. Then, of course, the regular season starts here. But as a play-by-play voice, what's the excitement level in Mitch Holtis as you get ready to embark on a new regular season? No two seasons are the same. Every season, it's like you're, you're taking off a book off the shelf or – uh, you're, you're 
what, what's going to be the drama to this season. I mean, there's so many ups and downs and twists and turns. I mean, just look at since Andy Reid has been here, uh, he's been able to troubleshoot uh, the 9-0 start in 13, but an 0-2 start in 14, 1-5 and in 15, win 10 straight, win in the playoffs. Uh, 16, you 17, win divisions back-to-back. You start 5-0 and last year, but then you lose 5 of 6. Now what? Well, you win four to the last four to, to win the season. There's injuries and there's illnesses and there's circumstances, but every day matters. But no two seasons are alike. Wow. What should fans be looking for in this last preseason game? Because this last preseason game is going to be a lot different than years past, right? Tell yeah. us how. Well, first of all, there's only one cut now in the NFL, Nick. Uh, the coaches wanted this because they don't have – there's no D-League like the NBA. There's no AAA. I mean, there's no Omaha Storm Chasers like the Royals have. The Chiefs don't have that. They used to have the NFL Europe League, but there's, that doesn't exist anymore. There's no laboratory to see these guys who you may put on your roster, even if you cut them after this game – you have them ready to go on your favorites or your phone to put them on in October if you need them. Um, But here's the dynamic I try to get fans to understand the drama of this fourth preseason game, which seems very meaningless and harmless. Let's get rid of this and let's get the regular season. Anywhere you work, if I announced here at the station that on Friday 40% of your staff would be fired or cut – and you had one more night to prove yourself. Everybody gets one more day, whether it's starting with the morning or all the way through to the evening cast. Everybody gets one more shot to prove it. What kind of dynamic is that? Think about that. That's what this fourth preseason game is. For the guys that make the team and for the starters, they set aside. But Andy also watches him. Andy misses nothing. He, he is so thorough. He could be CEO of Cerner or Sprint. He's that bright. People need to know that. He watches how the veterans handle to help these other guys in this game. You just check out and check the crowd and, you know, look at your phone. Or are you involved mentally in helping these other guys? Because the other guys are playing for their – they're playing for food. They're playing for a paycheck. And because and, – and where it's different, it used to be two cuts. Now, this the Labor Day weekend's wild in the NFL. There will be 1,184 guys cut at the same time just whipped into cyberspace. And so almost 1,200 players in a matter of hours. And uh, it's a crazy dynamic. Well, the coaching staff uh, and, and the front office staff are going to be really busy looking yep. for players to possibly add to the chief squad. Yeah, and I think that the two areas that where they were looking, just me, they haven't told me this, but I'm thinking, let's say tight end or in the secondary. Uh, and you have to be careful on who you claim. First of all, you have to be in a – there's a pecking order to this because they give the worst teams the best chance to, to get first dibs on players. But let's say the tight end position. There will be tight ends cut because some teams have an embarrassment of riches there. The Chiefs, to me, have an embarrassment of riches at wide receiver, running back, and linebacker. There's going to be good players cut at those three spots. Some team will claim them. Well, what about the tight ends? And so right now Brett Beach and his staff are scouring the league. In fact, and you see in their room, uh, they have got the entire league up on these little magnetic boards in a four, four walls where they have every player in the league up on the wall. And, so, and it's crazy. It's crazy. So you got 90 times 32. Is that 2,700 players oh or more? And they're looking at every one of those because who can they claim? Who can they get to? Who can they sign? Who fits the salary cap? All that has to come into play, and you've got to act within a matter of seconds. Mm. How about a, a kid like Ben Neiman uh, yeah. from uh, Iowa? Yeah. He's, he's made a pretty good impact here in the preseason. You think he'll make the team? 
I do, but that's it's right down to the wire. And that's the one an area where you said there's been an embarrassment of riches, the linebacker position, right? Yeah. You, you, if Ben Demon's gonna if Ben Demon's gonna make it, somebody's got to go. Here's the other thing where I say, where it's tough cut at linebacker too. You have 53 players. Um, you keep 10 defensive backs, nine linebackers, six defensive linemen. You keep five defensive linemen, allowing you to keep a tenth linebacker. It's it's a numbers game. And it's not just a linebacker trying to beat out a linebacker. I'm not trying to beat you out to, to do morning weather. I might be trying to – we might go light on our 10 o'clock news to give more one more person to the morning show. And that's what this – that's what – I mean, that's what's happening here. So – but Ben Neiman, it's interesting. He was really a name on a sp- spreadsheet, basically, because he was not drafted. He was a college free agent out of Iowa. His dad is the defensive coordinator at Rutgers. They'll be at KU later this year. Uh, his dad's a coach, so he's a gym rat kid. Small town in Illinois, in the northern Illinois, Rockford area. And he went from a name on a sheet to, wow, he's not bad, to, ooh, he's pretty good. Ooh, he makes a fourth down stop against Houston. Oh, he has a pick six against Atlanta. Oh, he does it again uh, in the Chicago game. And now this last preseason game is can he do it again? Because I've seen guys get to this point and retreat way back to the point where they go off the cliff. Big night for Ben Neiman. Uh, one player who we know is going to be there, he is the starting, starting quarterback, and that is quarterback Patrick Mahomes. Uh, you fielded a lot of questions about this, uh, uh, this, this kid who has impressed a lot of people. Uh, how has his development been so far in the preseason, and how does that set him up for what we all hope is going to be a successful regular season? What's interesting is Andy Reid has not given this kid general math. This has been Calc 3, okay? He's getting the whole – bowl of fruit man and it's like can he handle it because Andy knows how good he can be where I've been impressed with Patrick Mahomes that I did not know about him necessarily was his emotional and mental maturity and his toughness the other thing a quarterback any NFL quarterback must do is they must win the locker room that means not just the offensive guys in the huddle it means the defensive players and everybody on the team and that's easier to do when you're Tom Brady harder to do when you're a 22-year-old kid getting the keys to the kingdom car. Okay, we're going to jump in the car with this kid? What do we have here? What he's been able to do is capture the locker room. There is no doubt in that locker room, and I talked to a lot of the veterans, let's go. They're excited about him like everybody else. But you must, it's not just throwing the ball 70 yards in the air. You have Nice to do that, awesome to do that, but can you handle all those twists and turns we talked about? Mm-hmm. It all it's the fulcrum of that point is the uh, quarterback, and can you handle it? This kid looks like he can handle it. And the receivers better not stop running, right? No. Was, <laughs> I love the Atlanta play. So the funny thing is, so I'm calling this, right? So, and, and my theme of that game was one more click because the offensive line was not giving him one more click. He doesn't need to be one Mississippi like we'd all play in the backyard. Mm-hmm. Just a click, one click, because one click this kid can unleash it. So here's the Atlanta game, and I, he gets one more click. And I see him kind of he's, – he's, I even call it, I go, he wants to gun it long. That was this little shoulder roll. And then, whoosh, a catapult. And the Atlanta defenders are going, we're good, we're good. There's three guys around Tyreek Hill. We got it, we got it. I don't have it, I don't have it, you have it, you have it. It's like you know, playing center field. I got it, I got it. I don't have it, I don't have it. And, and the ball just sails over their head. It was the funniest thing to see. Uh, there's more of that coming, but there's – you can't rely on that in the NFL. Mm. That's, that's, uh, that's a luxury. Wow. Uh, have you ever seen arm strength like he has? No. 
Okay. Yeah. yeah I've said this, you know, I love the speed of this team. That's been the biggest, that's been the most dramatic thing that's changed the last two or three years. I said, hey, we'll, we'll place in the four by one. We may place in the javelin now, too. <laughs> <laughs> so we may win state and track. Um, uh, listen to your broadcast uh, the last time Chiefs played in their preseason game uh, in Chicago here. And the, the special teams just, they didn't, they didn't look like they normally. No. The Dave Tobes unit is always spot on. He's the standard for the league there. And they, they had some trouble against Chicago. Should we be worried about that or could get that cleaned up and ready to go for the regular season? Well, we'll see. If it's just one game, Nick, then it's, it's not a problem. But if it becomes a continuing uh, problem, yeah, that game was interesting from a special team standpoint because Chicago – uh, Dave's son is the assistant special teams coach for Chicago. Brock Olivo, who worked, former Mizzou star, who worked for us and for Dave for four seasons, is assistant special teams coach in Chicago. Oh, wow. The special teams coordinator in Chicago is Chris Tabor. He grew up in St. Joe. He played at Benedictine. And he was – so I think those dudes were on fire, right? So you got Dave's kid, you got Dave's old disciple, and you've got the guy that grew up in St. Joe and went to Central High School. And they're so they're kind of revved up. So I think maybe Dave got hoodwinked in this one. But Dave is rarely outflanked twice. The Chiefs for the five years Andy Reid has been here and Dave Tobe in the aggregate four core areas of special teams have been the best special teams unit. Uh, five years. I can, there's empirical data. I don't look for that to change. Uh, the Chiefs win games because of special teams. Uh, we won't talk much about the offense because I think we all know there's lots of weapons over there, and we kind of expect uh, that to kind of take care of itself. What about the defense? Bob Sutton's defense. Uh, what, if any, changes need to be done? Hold steady. What do you think? Well, the thing that's been somewhat torturous to me, and if you're listening to the play-by-play, have been the third-down conversions by the offense. It was a year ago – the Chiefs – now, here's what's interesting. The Chiefs have won the division back-to-back, won 22 games in the last two years, and yet they've been near the bottom of the league in third down and long conversions by their opponents. Drives me nuts. Um, it happened in the Houston game when Whedon came out, three, uh, four third-down conversions on his initial scoring drive. In the second game, even the Atlanta win, Atlanta had six of their first seven third downs were converted, including third and 11 and third and nine and third and eight. And in the Chicago game, Chase was out there doing his thing on third down and, and long. That has got to change. You've got to get off the field. Now, positive, before we just completely, you know, take Bob Sutton out in the street and stone him, you have to understand that the Chiefs have been top five in the NFL in scoring defense for the last five years. This hasn't been just a, you know, it's not a train wreck on defense. Things have got to get fixed. I think the defensive front seven is much better. But – uh, and I, I know Bob is taking great pride in scoring defense, but here's where here's where the third down thing comes into play, particularly if you have an offense that you think is going to be more potent and you have to protect your young quarterback. Everybody does, including the defense. But don't let the game get controlled by the opponent. If you look at the last three years in the games the Chiefs have lost, generally 19-17, 19-13, the two playoff losses the last two years, haven't been high-scoring games. But they have been games where the opponent stayed on the field, third down conversions, controlled the game, whether it was Le'Veon Bell and the Steelers or last year the Titans in running the ball, not giving up on the run at down 21-3. to But even the Tampa Bay upset, the Tennessee upset in 16, have all been games where they just kept the ball from you. 
And so I, a big issue, I think, for the defense is get off the field. Take the ball back because you got some young dude out back here that can throw it 69 yards in the air and some other cats that can, can do some stuff with it. Get off the field. Don't let the game get controlled. Got to cut uh, – we'll have some uh, quick hits for you, Mitch. Uh, Mitch Holtis, voice of the Chiefs, our guest on Signal Hill. Uh, so here we go. First one. Will Patrick Mahomes throw for 3,500 yards this year? No, but not far. Not far. Okay. Uh, Running back Kareem Hunt, will he rush for 1,000 yards? Yes. Okay. Will the Chiefs have a top 10 rush defense? No, but not far from it. 12th. 12th, okay. And will Tyreek Hill have 100 catches this season? No. Too many other cards to pass around. But if you're holding three aces, you get three of a kind, you win the hand. So he doesn't have to have four aces to win the hand. Here's the two other aces. Who has more catches, Chris Conley or Sammy Watkins? Oh, that's a good one. I would say Chris Conley, but not by many, maybe by two. Here's what you got to remember about what, what – so we're all looking at Watkins going, hey, mm-hmm. come on, man, keep running. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. When are you going to catch some more passes? I want to take you from my fantasy league. That's really what this means? <laughs> it's like, wow, can I take it? Because I get these questions, whether publicly or privately, like, hey, what do you think of Watkins so far this preseason? Translated, I want to take him in my fantasy league. Exactly. Okay. Um, <laughs> Last year he had 39 catches, Nick. 33 were for first downs. That was the highest ratio of any receiver in the league. Eight were for touchdowns. If he gives this team 39 catches and 33 first downs and eight touchdowns, that's, that's maybe not an ace, but that's, that's a pair of kings. You're still going to win the hand because you've got some other guys that can do other things. Red zone offense has also got to go up. That's the equivalent of third down defense is red zone offense. The Chiefs have won 22 games the last two years back-to-back mm-hmm. division titles. 30th in the red zone. If you go to 14th, you're going to get four more points every one of those. Not field goals, but touchdowns. And that's where, to me, Sammy Watkins comes into play. Switching gears, talking rules. I listened to the broadcast on Sunday. Tano Passigno decleated Chase Daniel, as you described on the broadcast on the Chiefs Fox Football Radio Network, and then he was hit with a penalty. Mm. I don't think I've ever heard you so puzzled before in a broadcast. Is this a good rule? How do we understand it? How do you think it'll be enforced in the regular season? It's a good rule. Player safety's got to be a priority, but they, they're not enforcing – I don't know how they're enforcing the rule. You can't make that play any better or safer if you're Tano Passigno. You did not lead with your head as a projectile. You, it was a form tackle. The way it was explained to me, it was because he landed on him. Well, I can't – at full speed in a one, 128th of a second, oh, spin off and not land on the quarterback. Um, to me, it was not an unsafe play. It was a, it was a difficult, it, it was a takedown in wrestling. So it wasn't, it wasn't Tano trying to take Chase out of the game and knock him out. It was sacking him. And so the, the, the worrisome thing for me is now Tano, who made a terrific play there, I don't know what you tell Tano. And now, in the back of his mind, is he going to go, well, I can't do it the way I did it. I've got to think. And, and so then he can't complete the play. And Chase wiggles free and throws for a touchdown. That's where it's, it's really bizarre. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the league is perplexed. Well, we'll see what happens during the regular season. Uh, a lot of talk around Kansas City uh, recently has been about uh, the uh, new tailgating policy as well as uh, Red Friday. Uh, Red Friday has been, is, will be on September 7th, I believe. Uh, when the Chiefs kick off the regular season. But the first two games are going to be on the road. And typically you have them uh, Red Friday for uh, the beginning of a home game. So 
tell us what your reaction is to the new tailgating policy and, and also about uh, Red Friday, the changes there. The tailgating policy is designed to protect what we have. Uh, I even told you when we were on air mm-hmm. that um, sometimes we're so involved in the chase we forget what we've caught. And what we have is the best game day experience in the National Football League. Nick, I've been to the other 31. I've seen them all. There's nothing close to this. And Green Bay would be the closest. But we have to understand what we have, and that has to be protected. So tailgating is designed for – it's still the game. It's designed for before the game and after the game. But um, it becomes a situation of you've got to – because now all of a sudden you have 75,000 people in the stadium – that you want to keep secure and having a great experience. But that security group, are you still trying to maintain uh, security over the, if there's 5,000 people still out in the parking lot? It becomes it becomes a matter, I think, of logistics, but mainly a matter of protection. I understand uh, there's some uh, pushback on it. I get to that to some extent, but I think if people really think through it and understand what they have and want to protect it, They'll, there, there'll be a better understanding of it. The Red Friday thing, it's just because the home first home game is so late this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and traditionally, Red Friday's either been one of those two weekends because you're either at home one of those two. Rarely you have to go road, road. This is a challenge for the team. But Timmy, I think, hey, do it twice. Why not? Uh, <laughs> I, I try to make every Friday Red Friday. I mean, in April, I have Red Fridays. Uh, but uh, Two parties. It, to me, it's not. It's a first-world problem, okay? It's a first-world problem. We're, we're moaning about Red Friday. Hey, have two Red Fridays and, and party down. But I would say just embrace it and understand that uh, there, it's, it's, a, it's a positive thing. No team, no team in the league has basically a whole citywide pep rally. It's like we're calling off school in fifth hour to have a pep rally, and we all do it. And we cross state lines. Those blend away. You might be a Northwest Missouri fan, hate the Pitt State Gorillas. That goes away. Yep. You might be Benedictine and hate Baker. That goes away. You might be red or blue. That goes away. You just become red, but not red because of politics, red because of sports. We've got to understand what that is, how fun that is, and how cool it is, and nobody else has it. When people move here and they go, this is awesome and we're complaining that it's not necessarily on the day that we should have it on it's it's a little bit of a let's just think through this people oh that is great uh remaining moments here with the voice of the chiefs uh mitch holds speaking of red let's talk about the redmond of smith center kansas uh your hometown um which is near the geographical center of the state of kansas 16 miles away lebanon i think is, lebanon, is the te- right. but smith center had the designation at least for a little while in the early 1900s from what i uh, remember right um what is it about your upbringing in smith center kansas that makes mitch holtis what he is today andy reed asked me the same thing his very first year as head coach here i said andy it's kind of hard to explain but i've got some required reading for you and everybody who's following us I got required reading for you. And it was written by a guy from Kansas City, but he's a New York Times writer. Joe Drape wrote a book called Our Boys. Uh, He moved from the central west end of Manhattan, New York, not Manhattan, Kansas, and embedded in Smith Center for a year and wrote a New York Times bestseller. It's called Our Boys. You can get it on Amazon for maybe five bucks or check out Barnes & Noble. They'll they'll, uh, they'll order you one. He's a phenomenal writer and did a terrific job of capturing what my answer would be to you. It's why I am who I am. It's how I was brought up. 
but Smith's, Smith Center is famous for three things. One, near the center of the United States, and two other things that are very near and dear to my heart. One, the Smith Center Redmen, uh, nine-time state champions. Only Lawrence High in Kansas has had more. Fifteen Division I college football players have come from a town of 2,000 people and a county of 4,500. Three NFL players. It was also the birthplace of Nolan Cromwell, former KU great that played for the Seahawks and the, or coached the Seahawks, played for the Rams, and Steve Tasker that was a pro bowler for the Bills for so many years. Mark Seminoe's in the College Football Hall of Fame, played 10 years in the NFL, all from Smith Center, right, little bitty town. Um, the book will tell you about the culture and why it is an amazing place. The other thing that's near and dear to my heart is the Home on the Range cabin. The song, Home on the Range, was written there uh, in 18, the 1870s by a country surgeon, uh, and the cabin is still there today. It's been preserved, primarily by my great aunt and uncle, who have since passed. They were given blank checks twice to move it because it's such an iconic song, and it's such an, it's Little House on the Prairie, right? But yeah. The song, and they pushed the blank checks back. It would have changed their lives said, nope, it stays here. So now the generations have felt the responsibility. My dad's been phenomenal. He's written grants, raised money, refurbished the cabin. Uh, it's, it's a must visit, I think, for uh, it, international visitors come. It's very popular with the Asian countries and with the Western European countries because they love cowboy stuff. They want to see the cattle drive and the gunfight, but they love home on the range. They sing it in German, they'll sing it in Japanese, they sing it in, I don't know, <laughs> Mandarin Chinese, they, but they want, they want to see the cabin. It's like this place, and, and, and you can visit the website, but we've done a lot of work. It's a passion of mine. Uh, there's a movie out now about it, and people can get that online if they'd like. Uh, uh, tonight I'm going to be at uh, the Speakeasy, at, at speak, the 39 Speakeasy, uh, and we're going to talk about that. And we'll talk about the movie, and we'll talk about Home on the Range because it's close. It's four hours from Kansas City. It's worth a visit. Many Kansas Cityans have visited. But Just I'll, get on 36 Highway and go west. Yeah, yeah. You got You can follow up. If you're living for town, you can, if you want to really have a beautiful drive, you can go through 73 Highway because it follows the curve of, of the Missouri River. Awesome. It's, it's the glacial drive, right? <laughs> um follows old old uh, Native American trails, really. But um, here's the other part. Um, the Kansas City Symphony does something called Symphony in the Flint Hills. It's phenomenal in the summer. They'll pick a spot remote and do a terrific concert. The last song is always Home on the Range. So we're putting in a 55-acre hiking and walking trail, and it's going to be a big part of it will be a tribute to the Pawnee Indian Nation, which was the primary tribe uh, during the time the song was written. And we're also going to build an amphitheater there to have concerts. We have a dream someday of having the symphony at the cabin site. It'll be, yeah. That awesome. is going to be cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, do we need to give a podcast shout-out to the Roxbury Club right now? Yeah, the Roxbury Lions Chiefs Club. That's a whole other matter. That's, <laughs> that's, my, that's my wife's side. <laughs> but these dudes actually meet. Uh, they have a, the guy's been the president forever. He's been like, like Mayor Daly in Chicago, right? He never gives it up. Uh, but they always, I get position papers on what the chief should or should not do. Uh, but that's, uh, that's near Salina. It's a town that's now unincorporated, but they, these dudes on my wife's side meet. So I'm married into these guys, but, uh, sometimes it's good. And sometimes, yeah, I need to ignore them, but that's okay. It's all love. Oh, all right. Um, well, we got to get you out of here cause you are busy Mitch here. I just have one last question. My favorite call of yours of all time. And I think of, of many people around Kansas City, is your call of Dante Hall bringing back a punt for a touchdown against the Denver Broncos, where uh, you 
coined the phrase human joystick. It, it, it is just the most amazing call. It is a, to me, it is a blend of preparation meets opportunity. Can you explain what it felt to you when you were making that call of Dante Hall? Again, it goes back to the way we started this conversation. It's extemporaneous. You can't rehearse. Um, but I'm thinking, what does that look like? Now we're going back to 80s video games, right? And the old <laughs> joystick. It's the, uh, and I don't, I don't know what, what, the, what does that look like? It, it, it's a joy. This is a guy running in four different directions at the same time is what it looked like. And it looked like being at the old video arcade uh, when we were kids and just working the, working the joystick. But um, I still see Dante. He's a great friend. And he, he will bring that up every time I see him <laughs> because it has made him, uh, it's made him uh, some fame as well. And our Al Wallace, by the way, he misses uh, producing game day uh, yeah, he's with awesome. you. Yeah. He's a phenomenal person. Yeah. I miss working with him on a regular basis. You guys need to know just how terrific he is, uh, not only as a talent, which you know, but his depth of character, cancer survivor. Uh, but I'm a big Al Wallace fan. Yeah. Passion for sure. Mitch, great to visit with you. We really, really appreciate your time. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, the voice of the Chiefs, uh, also the uh, voice of Missouri Valley basketball, Big 12 basketball, uh, yeah. and, and uh, speaker. And uh, we appreciate your time, Mitch. And if people come tonight, it's going to be at 7 to 8. It's really a cool thing. They do. They have somebody from the community come in every week. I mean, I'm sorry, every month at the speakeasy at the bottom of the Hotel Phillips. It's, it's an awesome setup. Um, and George Costello from the uh, Union Station was there. I went to his a couple months ago, and I just thought, okay, this is cool because it's Kansas City history, but it's it's the past tying into the present and future. It's cool. See you tonight. Yeah. And they'll, they'll, no doubt's going to ask you the most famous question that everybody asks you, right, which is? I'm not sure what that would be. What, what's the question that most people ask you? To do the call? They like to do yeah, the call. Yeah, it's not a question. It's a request. Oh, it's a request. I've been That's asked right. to do it in church. I've been asked to do it in high V. And they're like, do it, do it. And I'm, like, I'm not going to do it in high V, right, by the cucumbers. I'm not saying this, you know, and I've got to be warmed up. If I throw a hamstring out and I can't talk, and then Andy's like, what were you doing? Well, I was with Nick Vassos on a podcast, and I threw my hamstring out. I said, I don't know. Yeah. I don't blame you. I don't blame okay. you. Save it for tonight. Mitch Holtis, okay. thanks for joining us. Thanks, brother. Remember, the first two regular season games are on the road this year, so the first home game is going to be against the 49ers at Arrowhead on September 23rd. That game will be right here on Fox 4. Also, Fox 4, your home of Thursday night football all season long. And many thanks to the voice of the Chiefs, Mitch Holtis, who joins us on Signal Hill. Go to fox4kc.com and click on the podcast tab to subscribe to Signal Hill. We are available on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. And be sure to check out our website for new episodes. I'm Nick Vassos, and thanks for listening to Signal Hill.